Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of It's Not All Rainbows. I'm your host, Lindsay Goodman. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach, and I'm a survivor of abuse in a queer relationship. I'm here to help validate and support those who are or have been in my shoes and to help spread awareness of what these kinds of relationships can look like. Today I'm going to talk to you about post-separation abuse and or narcissistic collapse. Um, It's a really yucky topic. It's not something that I really enjoy thinking about, um, but it's very, very important to be aware that this is a high possibility when you're living an abusive person. Before we dive in, I'll go ahead and do struggles and successes, which once again, I am recording episodes back to back, so it's going to be a real struggle for me to think of two things. Um, okay. A struggle lately is that I lost a library book. (laughs) This is so random. Sometimes my struggles are really serious and sometimes it's like, what the heck? Um, I lost it for like a week. I thought I left it at work. I was looking in my car. I was looking all over the house. I couldn't find it anywhere. And I was like, I'm gonna have to buy this book. And I found it today. So that's my success. I'm very happy. Um, and hopefully my success is that I also find the two library books that my son put somewhere, um, that are due tomorrow. So wish me luck on that one. You'll probably never know the result of that because I probably will never remember to talk about it, but you know what? That is life. Lose things. Hopefully we don't have to pay to replace them. That was a simple one. Uh, mostly cause I just want to dive right in because I don't know how long I'm going to be talking about this. Um, so post-separation abuse, um, sometimes called narcissistic collapse, um, this tends to occur when you are leaving an abusive person. Narcissistic collapse can happen really at any time that a narcissistic person, a person with narcissistic personality disorder loses all of their forms of supply or most of their forms of supply, or they feel like they have nowhere to go, no one to use, like, things are spiraling out of control. They don't have anyone to control. Um, and they're just sort of losing it. Right. So that doesn't necessarily have to be when you're leaving. Something else could happen to just like drop them to, you know, oh, I forgot what people say. My brain just like hurts right now. What's it called? <laughs> rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Rock bottom. That's going to be the one. Um, but post-separation abuse is post-separation, right? So you're leaving Um, and all of a sudden the abuse ramps up. A lot of times we see that when you're leaving an abusive relationship, the abuser calms down. They stop physically abusing you for a while. Um, they stop doing a lot of the 
I, I, I call them like the yucky abuse tactics because it's all abuse, the love bombing, the breadcrumbing, all that stuff. It's all abuse. It's all a part of the cycle of abuse, but those things are less yucky. Love bombing feels good. So a lot of times we don't realize that it's abuse. It is. Um, but the yucky things are sort of being less and less often. And you're sitting there like, not really sure, like what's going on. You're like, why are they suddenly being nice? You're questioning it. You're confused. AF. I get this a lot. A lot of my clients are in these moments right now. And they're like, what am I supposed to do? Things are good this week. Do I meet with you this week? Because like, things are actually good. I don't know what to do. And it's like, it's happening. They see this, right? But if you make it out anyway, you know, sometimes they're not being nice. Sometimes they're not being good. Sometimes they're just still doing all the obvious overt abuse stuff. Um, and, and you leave, right? So either way you leave and all of a sudden all the abuse ramps up. It becomes this cocktail of danger and hate and love bombing and threats and just horrific behavior a lot of times it can be really shocking. Like the things that I saw my abuser doing and the way that they were sort of spiraling was very scary to me because I lived with this person for two and a half years. And yes, they would display those kinds of behaviors, especially earlier on in the relationship, but it was very weird to see them. So like, I don't know, I'm just going to use the words like passionate and like expressive, um, because that just wasn't what they were like. Right. It's, post-separation abuse, it can be like you, you don't recognize this person because they are, they're, they're, they're losing control. They're panicking. And so they're going to, or they can, I should say, um, sort of just like, I'm picturing like a spinner from a board game and they're like, like twister and they're like, ping, which tactic love bomb. Okay. I'm going to bring you a muffin. I'm going to make you lunch. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be so kind. I care about you. Are you okay? What can I bring you? What can I do for you? I know you're probably struggling. You're all alone. Oh, you work so hard. Let me do this. Let me do that. Okay. That didn't work. Threaten her. Okay. I'm going to throw out all your stuff. It's going to be on the road. If you're not back here in 20 minutes, I'm going to destroy all your plants. You spend a lot of money on them. I'm going to rip them shred by shred. I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. I'm going to dump your dog's ashes. I'm going to burn your clothes. Like whatever. Right. Oh my gosh. She still didn't come. Okay. Now I'm going to beg. I'm going to grovel. I'm going to send videos of me crying. I'm going to show up at your house and I'm going to pound on the door and I'm going to bawl. I'm going to say, let me in. I can't live without you. I can't live without your child. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, where am I going to go? Guilt tripping, all this stuff. And it can go. I mean, it's a roller coaster. You go, all right, now we're threatening. Okay. Whoa, no, we're back in the love bombing. Oh, loop-de-loop. The loop-de-loop is, you know, I don't know, guilt tripping. Okay. Now you're angry. Now you're threatening me again. It's just like all over the place. And this can be, again, I, I purposefully made this episode after the escape plan because I probably should have done it backwards. Probably should have done it the other way around is that you should know about the possibility of post-separation abuse before you even start leaving. In your escape plan, you should be planning for them to have this wild breakdown, this narcissistic collapse. And if it doesn't happen, thank goodness, but plan for it to happen so that again, you're in a safe place so that again, you can see it happening, see it for what it is, not fall for the tactics, not go pick up your plants because at the end of the day, the plants don't matter unless it's like an heirloom that your great, great, great grandma planted in like the 1400s. 
Okay. I didn't do the math there, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> then maybe that comes with you when you're on your way out. Or maybe you've already put that at your friend's house and said, can you keep this thing alive for a little bit? I just totally made that up. All that to say, it can be very dangerous, right? So we want to assume the worst when we're leaving an abusive person rather than like naively, which naively by all rights, because why would we know that they would do this? Just try to leave and then be hit with this massive, again, like mixture of what the hell is this? Like, what is going on here? Um, and so again, it can be very scary. It can be very dangerous and it can be all over the place. It is a roller coaster ride. If you have the ability to physically be away from them and cut off their access to you, then you are in the safest place. You are in the best place. You won't have to get the phone calls, hear the voicemails, see all the messages, all that stuff. Um, although I have been told that, uh, iPhone on iPhone, um, Apple will still send through voice memos from people that you have blocked. I've had a couple people tell me that and I'm like, this is just great. Apple has no care for people who are going through, you know, coercive control situations. But anyway, um, if you can do all of that and you can curb your exposure to as many of their post-separation abuse tactics as possible, do that, please do that. If you can, um, again, some abusive people might not do that. Some might just be on their best behavior because they really know that if, you know, it's worked in the past that if they're all of a sudden really kind, they promise to go to therapy with you. They promise to be like, to, you know, do this, to do that. You know, I'll start, you know, you can start hanging out with your friends again. I'll start doing this. I'll start doing that. That's the hoovering. That's the kind hoovering right there. Um, and it's a very solid tactic. It works very often because you feel sorry for them. You want it to work still, even though you also know that it's not going to, you're like really sad. Um, and so again, some people won't do the whole roller coaster that I just described. Some people will just try to be on their best behavior when they're probably also like running a smear campaign behind your back, just in case you don't come back. And you know, it's all much more complicated than it seems like when it's happening. Um, they're always like the wizard of Oz back there behind the screen working all the tactics working. Like you think, Oh, they're just being kind to me now. They've got 20 other things going on behind the scenes. Like they're trying to pull in old supply. They're trying to summon flying monkeys. They're trying to all of that. Right. On the note of flying monkeys. Um, this is another thing that is very, very common with post-separation abuse is, you know, should they choose to not do the roller coaster tactics? They very well might send in the flying monkeys, which if you don't know what a flying monkey is, these are the people who enable abuse. They support the abuser in their actions. Um, they'll turn against you and they will even do the dirty work of the abusive person. I do have an entire episode about flying monkeys that I probably did. And I mean, this was like one of my earlier episodes. Um, so you can go back and listen to that. I will try and see if I can pull up the date so you know when to look for it. Either way, just keep scrolling until you find it. Um, but the flying monkeys can come along and again, do the dirty work for the abusive person. The abusive person doesn't have to do anything at all. March 16th, 2022. It's literally just called flying monkeys. That's it. Um, and I talk about what, what are they, what do they do? How do you avoid them? Why do they use them? And so on, but they're going to come in and they're going to do the work, right? So in my case, 
Um, the flying monkeys, there was, there was one in, spe in specific, there was one specific one, sorry, sometimes my brain just, yeah, it's a no, um, that would message me, um, while I was in Spain with my son, while I was, you know, no contact and laying low, everyone was blocked from my social media that I was aware of. And, and she would message me and she would guilt trip me. You know, their behavior is because you left. If you hadn't left, um, they would have changed. It's because of you. Like basically blaming this person's behavior on me and everyone else. Something like, oh, they just act like this because everyone always leaves them when it gets hard. The audacity. When it gets hard, they physically, emotionally, mentally, probably financially for several other people, all of the different kinds of abuse to me and multiple people. And you're telling me that it's all of our fault. Okay. Oh, I just had a little moment there. So that, um, guilt tripping me about taking my son. Oh, every time I see them at the gym, they're crying. They miss your son. Um, something like if, uh, you know, they want to make things right, but they don't know how they want to make things right. They can make things right. Why are they sending you to do it? Right? So these are the kinds of things that if a flying monkey is good and less obvious, um, it can be very hard to understand that that's what's happening. A lot of times they want to really make you feel comfortable and safe. Like, I know it's really hard for you. Don't worry. I won't tell them anything. Blah, blah, blah. Don't believe it. If someone's saying, oh, you're safe. I won't tell you something. Or I won't tell them what you're telling me. They're setting you up. Like, don't believe it. If someone really is a safe person, they don't even have to say that. You know that they're not going to say anything, right? Um, another person, it was all in the same family. It was like a whole family of flying monkeys was trying to get information on where my dog was. When I took the dog, where's the dog? Who has the dog? Where are they? Do you know the person who has the dog? When are you coming back? When are the dogs going to come back? Because my abuser wanted them to find out where my dog was so that they can go and get the dog or someone would get, you know, whatever. Um, and then of course they could call you names. Um, these people were calling me an idiot. They were threatening me saying, you know, we'll deal with you when you get back all because I took the dog. So at that point, the abuser was like, none of my tactics work. She's no contact. I can't get through to her. I need other people to go in and do the work. So flying monkeys can be a massive part of post-separation abuse because again, the abuser looks innocent. It looks like all these other people are just mad at you for no good reason. When in reality, the abuser is either blatantly telling them to attack you, to harm you, to guilt you, to call you names, or if the abuser is like really super covert, they're saying things like, you know, we're at the gym together. You're in my gym class. I really just, I want Pip back. And I don't know where Lindsay has Pip and she won't talk to me. So I wish there was some way I could figure out where she was so I could get her back. And then that person's like, oh, I feel so bad for you. I'll find out for you. I think Lindsay will talk to me, you know, with, you know, whatever. Like, I'll report back, sir, ma'am, person, whatever. Um, and that's a lot because not only do you, and sometimes these things are happening in tandem. So not only are you fielding shots from the person who's been abusing you for years, now you've got all these other people popping up on your phone. A lot of times it's people who come out of the woodwork who haven't said anything to you in weeks or months or years. All of a sudden they're concerned about where you're at. Where are you staying? Are you safe? Do you need any help? Um, can I, can I offer you anything? You want to come stay with me? Blah, 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 blah. This is all a part of the post-separation abuse. Before I wrap this up, I want to say again, how dangerous this can be. This is the most dangerous time of an abusive relationship. If this person is physically violent, which many abusive people are, and even if they're not, assume the possibility because when someone is enraged and panicking because they're losing control over someone that they have 
much enjoyed control over for a very long time. And in my case, they also had control over my three-year-old son, my son's dad, and, you know, a horde of people around us who believed their innocence or whatever. They didn't want to lose that. They did not want to lose that. I was, I was a good squad, not gonna lie, for a very long time. Um, they can become very, very dangerous. And as you know, I'm just going to be blatantly honest here. A lot of people lose their lives when they're trying to leave or end up very physically injured. So this is a very, very important thing to remember when you're trying to leave. I talked about this last week. Keep this in mind. Assume the worst. If it doesn't happen, great. But at least you're not being caught off guard. At least you can take whatever steps you need to do to protect yourself from a possibly physically aggressive, dangerous person. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up for today. Um, I know that this is a lot. I know this is a really yucky topic. It is, however, super important, again, to be aware of this and to hopefully have other people around you aware of this. So again, if you are planning on going to your mom's house, maybe send this episode to your mom and be like, please listen to this because I want us to both be aware of this and I want us to both keep this in mind when it is time for me to leave or your sister or your friend or whoever. Um, because they need to also be aware of the severity of the situation or the potential severity of the situation. Um, you just never know what these people are going to get up to, unfortunately. Okay. That is all for now. If this sounds like something that you need help with, I am here. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach. You can go to my website, thelindsaygoodman.com. I have several options for coaching. I have 30 and 60 minute sessions, and I also have a six week program that has been very successful so far. I'm very, very pleased with the work that I've been able to do with my clients. I'm very proud of my clients who are putting in the work. Um, and so if that sounds like something you'd like to do, the lindsaygoodman.com, click on the coaching tab. You can also find the sign up information for the monthly LGBTQ plus support group that I'm hosting with my friend, Trey De La Torre. We were both abused in our first great relationship, and we really wanted to offer this resource to people that we did not have. Um, so far we are absolutely loving um, being on this adventure of having a support group for all of you. Um, I guess that is all for today. So thank you so much for listening. Oh, I forgot to say this last week. If you like this podcast, please rate review and subscribe. Um, whether you're on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, I really appreciate it. All of your interactions, um, and comment as well, especially if you're on YouTube, um, your interactions really get this into the ears of the people who need this the most. Um, so I really appreciate that. And everyone who writes me a review on, um, on the podcast. I always read it and I always say thank you publicly when that happens. I won't share your name, but I'll share your message and I'll say thank you so much. If you can see this, um, I really do appreciate, um, all of your responses to all of my work. So with that, I will wrap this up. Um, after this, I know this was a heavy topic. Please take care of yourself. Do something nice for yourself today or tomorrow. If it's late at night, um, and go drink some water. I'll see you all next week.